Hey, everybody. Uh, great to uh, be with you. Thanks for inviting us uh, into your home or wherever uh, your device is uh, right now. Hey, before I launch in uh, to the talk, uh, let me just uh, do some local uh, stuff right now. Let me tell you about what happened uh, last uh, week at Blackhawk Church, uh, the Easter uh, celebration. You know, Matt Metzger, uh, who's going to be our next senior pastor, he just delivered a fantastic uh, gospel message. And at the end of the message, if you remember, he said, you know, if you would like to respond to this message and place your faith in Christ for the very first time, just text uh, alive to a number, and, and we provided that number. Here's the deal, you guys, listen to this. Over 140 people responded to that. Somebody say amen. Unbelievable. So praise God. Uh, the Spirit is working in amazing uh, ways. So we just praise God uh, for that. So lots of people are coming to faith in Christ. That's one of the things that happens in a difficult season uh, like this. Second thing is this. Um, we have uh, great friends in uh, the city who are in other uh, churches. Two of the churches that we partner with and uh, with the gospel in this community is Lighthouse Church and Mount Zion uh, Church, and they're both have great leadership. Those two churches, together with other churches, have formed a thing called the Psalm 46 Relief Fund. And here's the deal. Uh, the Relief Fund is going to uh, release resources to people mostly in the Hispanic and African-American community. Less than 20% of the adults in, uh, in the African-American and Hispanic uh, communities in our uh, city can work from home. Uh, the rest are involved in things like the service industry and things like that is hotels, restaurants, and house cleaning and things like that. So um, many of those people are in a place now where um, they may lose their jobs or they may lose uh, their housing. So uh, that relief fund is set up for that. So we as a church have donated to that relief fund, and we would invite you as individuals to do uh, the same. So you can just go to our website and find out how uh, to do that. So we're about ready to launch into a brand new series. So go ahead and watch this. The virus is invisible, but you've seen it. The world has quite literally made a stop in anticipation as it looms closer with each passing day. The supply shortages left us chuckling to ourselves and maybe slightly frustrated by the inconvenience. Yet as we are forced to reorder our lives, we're all wondering how long. We feel on the edge of our seats and out of control. But in the chaos, in the confusion, wouldn't we want to be near a God who was in control? God is not absent. He is not far. He is not surprised. The Bible says God is sovereign over creation. Nothing surprises him. He declares the end from the beginning. He is our present help, wise counsel, comforter, healer. He is love. He is peace. He is friend. He is father. The Bible says he is a father who sent his only son to pay my debt to God paying the ultimate price for sin on the cross. And Jesus conquered death forever by rising from the grave, so that now all who take hold of him in faith are heirs of his life. God's people look forward to a day where there is no more fear, pain, tears, sickness. One where King Jesus ushers in his glorious future for creation. We can walk in confidence today 
because God hasn't changed. His plans haven't been overturned. Jesus says, in the world you will find trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. So for the next six weeks, we are going to be uh, in this uh, series, and we're entitling the series, Take Heart. We got the title uh, for that series from uh, a passage in the book of John, John 16, uh, 33. Let's look at that verse uh, right now. It goes like this. Jesus is saying, this is on the night in which he was betrayed, to his disciples, he's saying, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Now, here's the deal. That's a really short verse. And what we want to do for the next six weeks is kind of emphasize that verse. And we want to challenge you to memorize that verse. So I know this kind of feels weird right now to kind of recite the verse. You might be by yourself or just a few other people. But hey, listen, uh, work with me here and uh, recite the verse with me. So here it is. This is your assignment right now. We're going to do it right now. Here we go. Look at the verse. In this world... You will have trouble. In this world, you will have trouble. In this world, you will have trouble. But take heart. I have overcome the world. Look at it. Look at it. You got it? In this world, you will have trouble. But take heart. I have overcome the world. Okay, take that off the screen. Everybody, ready? In this world, you will have trouble. But, well, oh, forgot it. Okay, let's put it back on the screen again. Are you, you got it? In this world, you will have trouble. But take heart. I have overcome the world. Take it off. Here we go. Say it with me. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. So we want you guys uh, to memorize that. Go to our website, and we'll provide a way for you to make that into a wallpaper and a lock screen. And we'd love for you to wake up every day and recite that verse, and before you go to bed at night, to recite uh, that verse. In this world, you will have trouble, Jesus says, but take heart. I have overcome the world. The purpose of the series for the next six weeks is encouragement. It's encouragement. I mean, we have been living in COVID world now for a while, haven't we? And it's like time for a little bit of encouragement. So that's what's going to happen. And we just found out this week that Governor Evers has extended the safer at home policy. So it's going to last a lot longer than many of us actually want, than all of us want. So we need some encouragement. So focus on that verse. In this world, you will have trouble to take heart. I have overcome the world. Here's where we're going uh, in the series. Uh, encouragement in uncertain times. That's uh, this message. And then God's presence in uncertain times next week. And then planning in uncertain times. Really difficult to plan nowadays, isn't it? Joy in uncertain times. Perseverance in uncertain times. And peace in uncertain times times. Six-week series, Take Heart. We have really prayed about this series, and we want to be basically try to encourage everybody as we're trying to go through this uh, together. One of the real challenges that we're having right now, obviously, is that we can't gather together uh, physically. So when we're going through difficult things, I mean, you know, it's just, it would just be nice to get a hug, wouldn't it? I mean, I tell you, this is extremely difficult for me as a pastor, as I hear about so many things in our church that are happening, and people are going through the worst possible times in their life. I've got a good friend that normally I meet with twice a week, 
And he came down with COVID. Uh, he tested positive for COVID-19. So did his wife. I couldn't like, you know, go into his house. I couldn't shake his hand. You know, I just talked to him on the phone. That just seemed so uh, lame. I've got another friend who I just had lunch with a couple of weeks ago. His mother was positive for COVID-19. His sister was positive for COVID-19. And his aunt was also positive. And his brother thinks they're thinking, and I, I can't be with him. I mean, this is just crazy. So many things. So many people are getting laid off. We're getting furloughed. Unemployment is just sky high. There's so much strain in our homes right now. And honestly, I mean, what a lot of us just need is just a hug just a hug. We need someone to cry with. I know that if I came into your home right now and just walked in and could sit down and talk with you, I mean, as pastors, I kind of like what we do. People are going through difficult times. I just love to do that. Some of you would say to me, honestly, you'd say, Pastor Chris, you know, I don't know if I even believe in God anymore. And you know what I would say to you? I, what I, would never, I would never say this. I would never say, oh, what do you mean you don't believe in God? I would, I would never, ever say that. Because when we're going through pain and suffering, uh, you guys, sometimes uh, it shakes the bedrock of our faith. And especially when pain and suffering hits our lives in a personal way. We start to wonder, like, why is this happening to me? Is there like a God? When we go through pain and suffering, uh, three questions occur to us uh, at the same time, and the answer to one question is not the answer to another question. Here, here are those uh, three questions. There's a philosophical, abstract question: Where is God? Does God exist? I mean, come on, Pastor Chris. Like, where's? Let's have God show up here. There's the personal question: Why is this happening to me? And then there's the pastoral question. How can I possibly get through this? For those of us who are having the philosophical and abstract question, where is God? Uh, does he even exist? Uh, why does suffering happen? You know, what, 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 what's, what's happening here, Pastor Chris? Why doesn't God show up? I would love to speak to that. I would love to speak to that, but the talk that we're going to give in this series, this, this talk right here is not going to answer that question. But here's the deal, you guys. It's an important question. It's an important question. And when we have questions like that, uh, a, a kind of a rigorous um, response is called for. And Christianity can make those responses and has. So I just want to call your attention to two talks uh, that I gave um, almost a couple of years ago. And they're on our website. You can find them on our website near this talk. Why should we believe in God? I did that in September of 2018. And then right after that talk, why would a loving God allow so much suffering in the world? The problem of evil and suffering. I'm not saying that I answer these questions perfectly. I'm not saying that at all. But I'm saying that's where I have addressed of these particular issues in those uh, talks. And primarily, if those are your questions right now, I would encourage you uh, to go uh, to those talks because there's, it's not the first time somebody's asked uh, those questions. 
But because uh, you're watching me right now on the screen, and I'm your friendly neighborhood pastor, I think that probably most of us are asking that third question. How can I, how can I possibly get through this right now? And that's the question that I want the rest of this message to address. How can, I, how can I get through this right now? Does Christianity, Pastor Chris, does Christianity have anything to offer, anything to offer to help me get through this, the difficulty of what I'm going through right now with COVID-19 and the way my world has just collapsed around this virus? The answer to that is yes, absolutely yes. Christianity has much to offer that can help us answer that question and I mean I could talk on this for like all day long but I don't have all day long so I'm just going to circle around four major points here's the first point we have a God we can complain to we have a God and we can go to him and we can beat on his chest you guys listen I mean forget COVID-19 and what's happening in the world forget it there is so much pain and suffering in this world. It's beyond calculation. It's beyond calculation. And then, then add the virus on top of that. I love the way uh, Shakespeare uh, puts it uh, poetically in uh, Macbeth. Shakespeare writes this. Each day new widows howl, new orphans cry, and new sorrows slap heaven in the face. Each day, new widows howl, new orphans cry, and new sorrows slap heaven in the face. You guys, every day, there is so much suffering in the world. So many, so many things that, that we would just want to cry out and beat on God's chest. And here's the, what Christianity says. Absolutely, go ahead and do that. We have a God we can complain to. Here are a few verses uh, for that. One should look pretty familiar to you. Psalm 22, verse 1. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me? So far from my cries of anguish. My God, I cry out by day, but you do not answer by night, but I find no rest. I just spoke about this just a couple of weeks ago. The first verse is the cry from, of Christ from the cross. It's the cry, the human cry of anguish and pain. You guys listen, listen, listen. Jesus cries that out. So it's okay for us to cry that cry. My God, my God, why, why, why am I getting furloughed? My God, my God, why, why COVID-19 to that person? My God, my God, it's okay. It's okay, we have a God we can complain to. Here's a couple more uh, Psalms. Awake, Lord, why do you sleep? Rouse yourself, do not reject us forever. Why do you hide your face and forget our misery and our oppression? One more Psalm that's an encouragement. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. See that verse? We have a God we can complain to. In fact, when we complain to God, God is actually close to the brokenhearted. He comes near to the brokenhearted. You guys, we don't have to have an answer to like, why is this happening? In fact, we're not expected to at all. I don't know if you saw that article in Time Magazine by Tom Wright just recently, but there's a quote from N.T. Wright in uh, that article, I'll show that. N.T. Wright says this, 
It is no part of the Christian vocation then to be able to explain what's happening and why. In fact, it is part of the Christian vocation not to be able to explain and lament instead. You can find um, that uh, article in Time magazine on our uh, blog page and our website. You can just go there and find it. Uh, It's a great word about the fact that lament is so important in days uh, like this. It's kind of ironic, too, uh, that uh, actually this week, uh, N.T. Wright, Tom Wright, was supposed to speak at Blackhawk Church, but because of COVID-19, yeah, he had to cancel, we had to cancel, so hopefully he'll be able to be here in the fall. Second thing is that we have a God who can sympathize with us. We have a God who can sympathize with us. Because Orthodox Christianity says that our God became a human being in the flesh. Here's a few verses from the book of Hebrews. For this reason, he had to be made like them, fully human in every way, in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God. Fully human in every way. Our God became fully human in every way. Here's another passage in the book of Hebrews. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. We have a God who can empathize. We have a God who's not so far away that he cannot relate. No, we have a God who became flesh and he suffered. He lost lost all of his possessions. He suffered for us. We have a God that can sympathize with us. And that makes all the difference, you guys. Years ago, when I was pastoring in Shreveport, Louisiana, I had a friend named Bill who worked at the hospital. He's a respiratory therapist. And one afternoon, Bill called me up and he said, Pastor Chris, could you get down here? There's been an an accident. And uh, uh, a young woman was riding on her bike with her uh, boyfriend. And they were both riding their bikes. And a truck... uh, ran them off the road, and he died, and she's in critical condition, and she's asked for somebody in the clergy to come visit her, and I said, yes, I'll be right there. So I got in my car, ran to the hospital. And then I learned more about the situation. She's an Olympic athlete. She was on the Olympic team for uh, Sweden, and her and her boyfriend were training as athletes, and they were riding in the southern part of the United States. And so they were thousands of miles from home, and he died, and then she was really injured. She was at a place where all of these bones were broken and bones on her face, and when I saw her, she was just barely hanging on. I introduced myself as local clergy, and I told her that I would pray with her. She had a little pad. She could write things down because she couldn't talk. And I could tell, you know, it was, we weren't connecting. 
And I prayed with her, and I said, you know, I have a friend, and I would, if it's okay with you, I'd like to bring my friend back with me. I think you might want to hear her story. And she just shook her head. So I went and got a friend of mine named Carla. Years earlier, Carla had been in a car accident. Her dad was driving, and he was killed instantly. And Carla was so severely damaged, she was in a coma. Every, every bone in her face was broken and crushed. Carla had to have her jaw wired shut, and it was like that for a long time. I said, Carla, this is the situation. Would you come and pray with this young woman? And Carla said, absolutely. And I met Carla in the hospital. We walked into this young woman's room, and Carla told her story to this young woman. And you could just see this young Olympic athlete, you could just see her start to melt down, and Carla, who she just met, she started to cry, and these two women who did not even know each other, all of a sudden around this pain and tragedy, they just started to move toward each other. And I did the right thing, I just backed out of the room. So why? Because that young athlete found someone who could understand Someone who could sympathize. You guys, Jesus lost his life. He suffered pain. He suffered, he lost everything. The last bit of things that he owned that was gambled uh, at the foot of the cross to, to the Roman soldiers. He lost everything. He was betrayed. He understands loneliness Jesus understands. This should be his encouragement to us, you guys. We have a God who can sympathize with the pain that we're going through. Third thing. We have a God who wants to empower us. There is a, a verse from Ephesians 3 that we use uh, lots around here at Blackhawk Church. and goes like this. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all of God's holy people to <laughs> grasp how wide and long and it goes on and on and on. But look at this verse. I pray that out of his glorious riches, in the, in the storehouse of God's wealth and riches, he has power that he wants to give to us through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Anybody need some power? Anybody need some power to get through these days? Oh my gosh. I mean, we need power in so many ways. Our lives have completely changed, many of us. I mean, heck, a lot of us need power just to get to work. I mean, just, just our commute has, has our commute changed? Our commute has like totally changed just getting uh, to work uh, because, you know, well, our commute is very local uh, right now. Uh, the lead pastor of uh, the Brader Way site is Joel Hazenzal, and he uh, launched a, a video on Instagram not too long ago about his commute to work. Watch this. Well, hey, everyone. Just thought I'd post a little video of my commute to work lately. Here you go. Welcome to our room. There's my roommate working hard. A few of my coworkers. Uh huh. Dad, look. I look like Mama. 
Oh, you do. All right. A couple other co-workers, hard at work. Obstacles, just traffic jams everywhere on my way to work. Oh, that's cool. Slide this out of the way. Hmm. Well, that was supposed to be my way to work, but I think that is a fort. All good. Get some laundry changed over, and I'm at my office. All right, thanks for following me on my commute. Enjoy the rest of your day, everybody. Hey, awesome. That's fantastic. So uh, there you go. I asked Joel to uh, if we share that, and uh, luckily his wife, uh, Holly, gave permission, so uh, awesome uh, for that. So, hey, yeah, we all need power, right? Because our worlds are like upside down. They're completely changed. Everything's uh, different now. So uh, we need the power to be able to just commute to work. We need the power to be able to uh, work in a different space uh, in different kinds of ways. It's a challenge in all kinds of ways to do so many Zoom uh, meetings and to have our lives turned upside down. It requires sacrifice on our part. It, it, it requires us extending grace to other people all the time. We need power, and we have a God who wants to give us that power in our inner beings through his spirit so that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith. Somebody say amen. And the last point I just want to bring out today is that we have a God who wants to give us the prize. What's the prize? Paul writes uh, to his friends in Philippi. He writes this. I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of of his resurrection. Let me read that again. I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me to heavenward in Christ Jesus. What is the prize? The prize is not what's behind. The prize is what's ahead. It's the resurrection life with Jesus Christ. It's eternal life with Jesus Christ. That's the prize. And we have a God who wants to give us the prize. Let me illustrate this. Um, I used this illustration four years ago, and uh, I brought it from someone else, and uh, it's uh, this, this uh, rope, and this rope goes on and on and on and on and on. It just goes on and on and on and on. The idea is it goes on uh, forever. But the red end here of this rope, the red end of this rope, this, this rope represents my existence. 
your existence. That's what this rope represents. But the red end here of this rope represents my life in this physical body that's very susceptible to the COVID-19 virus. So this is the beginning of my life is, is February 10th, 1956. Write that down. Send me a birthday card. February 10th, 1956. And I don't know, I don't know when the end is. I don't know when it's coming. Maybe, maybe, I, maybe I'm here Right now, maybe I'm, maybe I'm here. I, I don't know when I'm going to die, but someday I'm going to die. My physical life here is going to come to an end. You guys know the mortality rate has not changed one bit since COVID-19 came about, right? It's 100%. It's always been 100%. We're all going to die. So that's, the, that's this red piece right here. But then our life goes on and on and on, 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 and on. That's, that's, that's what Jesus says, right? That's what Jesus says. Jesus uh, says, he says this in John chapter 11. He says this, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? So you guys, look, look at this, look at this. Okay, see, this is our life right here. And, and then we're going to die. And, but if you believe in Christ, you live forever and ever and ever. And it would, what just blows me away, what blows me away is that so many of us spend all of our energies and focus on this part right here. And we don't focus on the rest of our life. We focus on this right here. We put all of our energies in. You guys, this is the worldview we live in. The worldview, our culture is basically saying, this is it. The Bible has a completely different worldview. How you guys doing? Do you follow me? I'm getting too excited here. You see what I'm talking about? It's not this. Oh, I should work my whole life. And at the end of my life, I should save because I, my life's about ready to be over. And then I'm about, no, 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 no. That's like crazy. You got all of this to live for. All of that to live. Oh, you shouldn't live for all of that. That's kind of stupid. No, it's stupid to live just for this little part right here. We have eternal life. We have eternal life. Listen, you guys, I'm not trying to say that what happens in this life cannot be painful and awful and oh my gosh we need help getting through I'm saying absolutely that but this is what I'm saying in this world you'll have trouble but take heart I will overcome the world see we have a God who wants us to live for the prize to put our focus on the glorious things that we have as followers of Christ, eternal life is ours, you guys. And what God has in store for us, oh, 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 is it encouraging? Paul writes in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 2, he writes this. However, as it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things that God has prepared for those who love him. Someone say amen. Amen. Unbelievable. God wants to give us the prize, and he wants to live us to live for the prize. What are you focusing on? Are you focusing on just this is it? No, it's not. We have eternal life. 
Pastor Chris, how can I get through this? How can I, how can I make it through these days? Well, there's so many things that Christianity has to say. I just focused on these four today. Here's the four again. We have a God who we can complain to. We can beat on his chest. We have a God who can sympathize with us. Jesus has suffered pain, and he, can, he understands what you're going through. We have a God who wants to empower us with his Holy Spirit in our inner beings, and we have a God who wants to give us the prize. Jesus says, in this world, say it with me, in this world, you'll have trouble, but what? Take heart. I've overcome the world. Let's pray. Father, I pray for all of us that have been affected in so many ways by this by this little virus that we can't see. Our worlds, our patterns, the, just what we, what we do from the very beginning of the day to the end of the day, it has completely changed. Everything has just been turned upside down. What we thought we could count on, we can't count on anymore. And it has left many of us just kind of wondering, how can we get through this? We pray, Father, that you would strengthen us with your power through your spirit in our inner beings so that Christ would dwell in our hearts through faith. We pray, Father, that you would help us to get through these days that are so difficult. We pray these things in Christ's name for the sake of his reputation. All God's people said out loud in your rooms right where you are. Amen. Amen.